you have your Bible, go with me to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. As you're uh, going there, like just so, just so you're aware, um, my mom and her husband Terry are here, and then my younger sister and her husband Tanya and Jason Nussbaum are here. And uh, so it's kind of weird for me this morning to be preaching because, like, you know, when I was a kid, she knows all about who I was and all the trouble I got in. So, uh, but I want to welcome them to be with us. Um, I want to thank Tanya and Jason for bringing Mom and Terry here, and they're going to spend some time with us in, in Sebring. So we're looking forward uh, to that, be together as a family. Uh, so thank you for bringing them down. Genesis chapter 1, I know uh, you're probably thinking, you know, Pastor, it's... Um, it's Christmas, and uh, you're in Genesis chapter 1. I mean, we don't understand where you're going or what you're doing. And so one of the things that I've been thinking about as we enter into this season of, of Christmas is how does this season or this Jesus demonstrate to us that should be things that are characteristic or should be characteristics of our life? So one of the things as I think about the Christmas season, I, I'm thinking about the word humility. I'm thinking about that individual that says, you know what, I deserve a lot of different things, but I'm just going to choose to set that aside so that we could have a, he could have a relationship with us. And I don't know if you spend some time thinking about Genesis chapter 1, if you have that in your Bible. You, just, you read some things that I think are really interesting, but are really kind of a, a huge picture of the word humility. You think in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and that was the morning, the first day. So I think about that, and I take myself into this Christmas time frame, have you ever seen an individual do something the way Jesus did? You have the creator of all saying, you know what, this is, I am the creator, but I am going to be willing to set that title, that frame of mind, that opportunity for recognition. I'm going to set all of that aside, and humility, I'm going to be born. And I'm going to be born in a manger, not in, you know, a celebration hospital or Florida hospital, Orlando, where all these fancy places are. He just said, you know what, I want to demonstrate a picture to all of us. But a lot of times when we run really fast through Christmas season, we don't think about the Creator becoming created. We don't think about the individual that is willing to say, you know what, I'm just going to put this over here for our sake. Right now, most people are thinking, what do I get from Christmas? What's in it for me? And it's really fascinating because I remember as being as a young man going to school after Christmas break, and then we would talk about what gifts that we got at Christmas. Now on Christmas Day, all the students are going to be texting each other, hey, I got this and I got that. And most of them aren't going to get what somebody else got. And they've totally missed Christmas. 
Because it was never about the individual. It was never in Jesus' thought process to say, you know what, I'm really looking forward to Christmas because I get to be born on earth. I get to be laid the first morning that mom takes, gives me breath, and I'm here on this earth. They're going to wrap me in swaddling cloths, and they're going to put me in a feed trough. Well, that's really exciting. I can't wait for that day. But maybe he wasn't having talking to his father, saying, could you, could you speed this thing up because I really want to get to heaven get from heaven to earth so these people can have a relationship with you, Dad. So move this thing along a little quicker. Always knowing in the perfect time of history when the Romans will be in charge, there will be roads and God would say, okay, now's the time for my son to be born. I pray as you enter into this season of life that you would take the normal tendency, and if you, would, if you don't mind, can you put that picture up there of the business class? See, we're having problems with my computer this morning. So can you, so far as I've been traveling, I haven't really had the privilege to sit in this section of the airplane. And what always interests me is, is that the airlines put the business class, so it's like all of us that are going to the back and we know it anyway, but we just want you to know there is something better. If you had a little bit more money, you could sit up here. And so my seat was always the typical seat in the back. And, and as I traveled over the years, nobody ever came to me. No, no stranger ever came to me and said, you know what? I'm sitting in the business class. I know what it's like to sit at the back of the airplane. So today is your lucky day. I will give up what I deserve and paid for so that you can move forward in the airplane. It's never happened to me. But it has happened to me in life where my Savior said, hey, I will move from the front, from creation, for your sake, I will be created. I will allow myself to be placed in a human form. And so as you enter into this Christmas season, I want to give you a couple more passages of Scripture just to remind you of this word picture. Take your Bible and go to Colossians chapter 1. Uh, well, let's go to First John first. Let's do First John. Sorry, Nancy. First John, uh, chapter one. John's going to write a letter to an individual, a group of believers that the church is scattered, and there's issues, and there's persecution. There's people that in this church that John's writing to that there there's going to be a tendency for them to conform to the world's standards. That means that they're going to allow the world to tell them what's right and wrong. And so as John is writing this letter, he's going to share these things with them. He's going to remind them that Jesus is the light in a dark world. He's going to encourage these people that are involved in the church to love God and love those people that are around him. And it's interesting to me how he starts this passage of Scripture off. 1 John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've looked upon, what we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life. It's almost like, John's saying, hey, I'm an eyewitness to this. I want you to be aware of this. So he saw this Jesus. He touched this Jesus. He watched this Jesus concerning the words of life. The life was manifest. We've seen it. And we testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are witnesses of these things. 
so that our joy may be complete. I share something with you. He's been here. He's walked this earth. He walked this earth for you so you could have fellowship with his Father. And that came at a cost. Cost of him making decisions, saying, you know what? I will choose to die for you. I will give up my rights, my privileges, my wants, my desires to say, here's my life. I pour it out for you. Colossians, if you go to your Bible, Colossians chapter 1. Think about Colossians chapter 1 as you think about this time of the year in the Christmas season. Think about the baby in the manger. He was the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creations. Verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Think about that. Just pause and think about that. All things were created by him, visible and invisible. So the one that had all the opportunities for recognition, I created this, I created this, I hold all things together, says I will step that aside and I will be born in a manger. I will choose humility, is what he did. All right, Dad, if that's your plan, I'm following your plan. And just think, just think, how many times have you had opportunities this week to choose humility and you didn't do it? Where there was that inside of you, that thing, that, that war taking place inside of you. Well, you know what? I am right. I deserve to sit there. I deserve to go there. Well, by the way, if you would just be interested in me and meet my needs, we had some people sitting in the back corner this morning, and they work at a daycare. And so I was just, I can just picture the daycare. You know, and remember when you were a kid and the teacher said, line up, where did you want to be in the lineup? Okay, bump your spouse and remind them that they wanted to be first, right? I'm pretty sure at their daycare, there's not a time at their daycare that they say, hey, by the way, Johnny, we're tired of you going to the back of the line, Johnny. We appreciate your humility, so we're just going to go ahead and move you right on up to the front place, the B number one. I'm pretty sure that never takes place in any daycare, in any classroom in Highlands County. Why? Because they allow the sin nature to rule and reign. So you know what? By the way, I'm over here. You need to look at me. By the way, I need attention. I need affirmation. I need my way. Colossians chapter 15, the, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. The one that had the opportunity to say that, where was he born? Does that give us the right to say, by the way, I'm in charge? Does that give us an opportunity to say, you know what? I know I really want business class, God, but if you just really want me to, I'll, I'll set that aside because you gave everything for me. It wasn't about you when it should have been. This whole season should about how we celebrate who this person is. And really, we're typically celebrating who we are and what we want. Instead of stopping and saying, hey, it's all about you. I want to go to two places with you.
this morning, and then we'll end our time together. As I think about this Christmas, I think about this is, a, this is an opportunity for us to see the example that is set before us when it comes to humility. So I want you to go with me to Matthew uh, chapter 5. To Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. Look at verse uh, 3. Uh, I'm going to read through this, and I know I know where we are time-wise, so I'm not going to go through a whole bunch of this, but I just want you to see a couple things out of this. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Go back up to verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed is the individual. Now, these are Jesus' words, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the ones that recognize that they have a need for God. That's what he says when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Drop down a little bit farther, go down to verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed is the individual that says, you know what? Even if I have the opportunity to get my way, I'm just going to set that aside for peace. I just don't really need that. I don't need to be number one. I don't need to be exalted. Blessed is that individual that there's a work going on inside of them through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're saying, you know what? I deserve business class, and I have the right to claim it right here, right now, but I'll choose to set that aside. If you want me to put me all the way in the back of the airplane, closest to the bathrooms, guess what? I'll sit there. Because it's not about me. Go to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I appeal to you, brethren, therefore, by God's mercies, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a spiritual act of worship. I want you to look at verse 2. Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? How can you renew your mind? The Scriptures. What's a verse or phrase or passage of Scripture that God is using right now to transform your mind? To say, you know what, I I want to do a work in your life and I want to use this Scripture to do a work in your life. I want to change you because you're wrestling with this passage of Scripture. It is easy and natural for us to conform to the patterns of this world. An example of this would be, okay, This is what I'm going to get for Christmas this year. Instead of saying, you know what, the greatest gift is already given, it's not about the gift, it's about the giver. It's about the one that says, you know what, I want to demonstrate to you a life of humility. That's transforming your mind through the Scriptures. That's living biblically wise lives, biblical maturity. Saying, you know what, I'll set this aside. The last verse, uh, let's do the Ephesians chapter 2. A passage of scripture. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Paul's words to the church at Philippi. When you want to look at humility, this is the best way to look at it. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 4. Let each of you look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, 
who though he was in, in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Humility is going to be a choice for you. You will have to choose. And so let's just put that last that last slide up there for him. Uh, yeah, put yeah. You'll have to choose to say, you know what? Living a life of humility will take the power of the Holy Spirit and you saying, I am willing to give up my business class seat. That's humility. Saying, Holy Spirit, I do something really well. I think about me. But that's not what Christmas is about. That's not what I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating my Savior that was born in a manger, in a cave, most likely, and laid in a food trough to demonstrate humility to me as his son. And I pray that you will wrestle with that as you, re- as you work your way towards Christmas. That you would ask the Holy Spirit to set you aside and serve the people that are around you. Father, I thank you for the time to be together around the Scriptures. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in Lindsay's life. And I pray, uh, Father, that you would just be the provider, that you would make a way where there and sometimes seems to be no way. Father, you provide a car that so she could go to another part of town and pick up another girl and say, let's go for a cup of coffee. And then the Holy Spirit would open up the door over a cup of coffee to tell this young lady about Jesus. Father, I know there's some other neat things that she, that you've laid on her heart, just different ministry opportunities that you've already placed in her heart and You've already making a way for her. So use our Bible Fellowship Church family to pray for her, to give to her, support her, encourage her, to stand beside her. But I also pray, Father, that we would be thinking the way Lindsay's thinking. How can we use our car and our gas money to demonstrate humility? How can we use our time and our money, or your money, really, it's not ours, your car, your money, to say, why don't you go with me? Let's go have some supper. Let's talk about Jesus. Father, I don't know what you want in each and individual life, but I know there's a battle going on in most people living in the world and really probably more in America than anywhere else in the world. And it's a good old me, I. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you would take the I part out of who, you, who we are as individuals to the power of the Holy Spirit, and we will live lives of humility that we would be wise enough to say we have a need and be wise enough to ask our Father for help to meet that need, to walk humbly in our community. Father, thank you for your word. Send us out into a broken community. Give us the courage, Holy Spirit, and the strength, Holy Spirit, to live biblically mature lives in a broken world. That people would see that we're not living our lives for me or I, or that we're living for others. We give an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Thank you for this day, Jesus. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.